1: Welcome back, Raider Nation mailbag for this Wednesday. He is Mo. I am Scott. We are Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Silver and Black Today. Turn on the auto download, subscribe. We would appreciate that so much as we roll on with your questions. All right, Mo, we got another one from our good, loyal listener, someone who writes into us all the time. And that is, of course, Gary Harkin Reader. And Gary is a little bit longer and he's got some conspiracy theory in his. So we got to get into this one. This will be fun to start out here. Segment number two. So he says, Hey, so guys, uh, you know, they freeze their, you know what off at the Raiders stealer game, but I have to tell you, I'm a conspiracy theory person. Do you know why Franco Harris died? By the way, our sincere condolences out to Franco's family uh, and, of course, our good friend Phil Villapiano, uh, who's close to him. If you didn't see the ESPN feature on those two guys from this weekend, make sure you do. He says he was going to admit that it was a defected pl- pass off of, off of Frenchie Foucault and um, was not only illegal, but the ball hit the ground. So that's his conspiracy theory. That's why Franco passed away. Okay. Love you, Gary. (laughs) That's a little out there. Uh, Anyway, but he says, football-wise, I'm pumping the brakes on Chandler Jones on number 55. I believe Tillery has made his play possible. If Tillery's output continues, hopefully we'll sign him to a bigger deal. As far as Waller and Renfro go, I can see them in the mix as a decoy, but at what cost? The chemistry isn't there. Hmm going back to what we talked about with the locker room yesterday, right? Who do you take out of the 53? Finally, I'm back to my question of a few weeks ago. What's the possibility of restructuring contracts to be more team-friendly, especially to keep Josh Jacobs, although he reminds me a lot of what Larry Johnson did with the Chiefs. So there you go. That's Gary Harkinreader who says Merry Christmas as well. Thank you, Gary. We appreciate uh, the question as always. So, Mo, that one, Let's let's unpack that a little bit too and talk about um, number one, his idea around Chandler Jones and his sudden resurgence before, of course, the injury against Pittsburgh to the elbow. Um, do you do? What do you relate that experience and that improvement to? Is he right there? Is Tillery added enough in the center of that Raiders defense to 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 make a difference so far since he's joined this club?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think Gary's onto something there. Anytime you have a guy in the middle who can. Generate some pressure. It's going to help out your edge rushes. And we talked about this numerous times on the show that the Raiders needed to address their defensive tackle position To help out Max Crosby and Chandler Jones on the edges. And you saw the effect Tillery had as soon as he came in. So I agree with Gary there It doesn't necessarily have to be Tillery. If they let Tillery go somewhere else All the Raiders have to do is make sure they address that position mm-hmm. Next offseason, whether it be the draft or free agency, but they have to make sure they have a guy Who can make a difference on on the interior. So yeah, Ch- Chandler Jones. He's a, pr- a product of his production is improvement on the inside. Uh, the other thing that I want to break down with from Gary's email is that in the NFL with contracts, there's you can do so many things to manipulate the cap. You can push money down the road. So as far as restructuring contracts, I think that's very possible with with a number of players. I have the numbers for you on over the cap on an article. I'm sure this off season. But yes, absolutely, you don't you don't have to stick with the contract that these players sign when they sign these extensions. You can always move money around. This is why I'm not of the belief that they have to get rid of Derek Carr to clear cap space to have enough to address other positions because mm. you can restructure contracts and clear up 10, 12, 15, 20 million and have enough to address some needy spots on the roster. So it's a possibility they can keep Carr with that contract, although it seems far-fetched. I wouldn't rule it out of the realm of possibility.
1: Well, and Mo, I think he he also touched on Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller Waller there too. And he touched on the chemistry issue. He didn't get into specifics, Gary, and I don't want to put words into your mouth. But I think that there is some sense that the chemistry on the offense has not been continuous. So you had Renfro, Waller, and Carr all seem to get along. Now you put Devontae Adams into that situation. And there seems to be something lost. Of course, Waller has been out for most of the season. Uh, and and wasn't around the team as much during the, the preseason, too. So you, you start to think, well, maybe he's fallen away. I look at that idea of trying to restructure contracts, and I think with the Darren Waller contract, you just got to rid yourself of it. I, I don't see if if they get any value, uh, equal value that, that they feel happy with for Darren Waller, that they don't do that. Um, Waller had a nice game against Pittsburgh, not a great game, nothing to— to, of course, uh, uh, scream about. But he had a good game. It was good to see him get back into the rhythm a little bit. But I, I don't see any way that the Raiders don't try to move him.
3: Here's the thing. If you're talking about who's in the outlook looking in, if they're if, if the Raiders were to trade one of their core offensive players, who would it be, Waller or Renfro? A lot of people would say Renfro because he's less essential. As a, he's, They would say he's right. just a slot receiver. I will. I'm on the other side of that, and I would say it's Waller simply because of his spotty availability. He's older mm-hmm. than Renfro, hasn't been as available as Renfro over the last two years, and he's more costly. So mm-hmm. I would say that. And plus, he would probably get you more back in return than the Renfro. value. Yeah, the that's value is there.
1: The value there because you're going to move a guy. You don't just move a guy to move a guy. And plus, Waller's contract is bigger, number one. Number two, he's going to have more value because of the freakish potential he has when he's on the field.
2: The key,
3: when if I'm a GM, the key for me is when trading players, I'm looking at the future. I'm not looking at what the player did two years ago, Mm -hmm. three years ago. What is he going to be next year, two two years, three years down the line? I believe Renfro can still ascend, whereas Waller, he is what he is, which is a top pass-catching tight end when he's on the field. But he hasn't been on the field that much in the past two years, so... I would trade him while he's still healthy. If you're if you're looking at one guy to be on the outlook end, to me, it's gotta be well because you can get more in return and the injuries have seemed to caught up, have caught up with him.
1: No doubt. All right. Again, thank you for uh, your question, Gary. I appreciate all of it. Uh, okay, let's get on. Here's one now about Josh Jacobs. It says, Mo and Scott, what do you guys think about Josh what Josh Jacobs said after the Steelers lost? Do you think this points at him not returning next season? Who was he blaming and who was he talking to? Thanks, guys, and Happy New Year. And that is from Lawrence in San Jose, California. Okay, a lot has been made, Mo. We talked about about a little bit yesterday on the show uh, about Josh Jacobs and his frustration coming out and kind of the, the soft – I'll call it soft. Uh, it was pretty harsh, but soft call-out, meaning no names were named, of his teammates and saying that it was BS – that this team couldn't win, that he's working his butt off, and intimated that not everybody is. What if you after ruminating on this for a few days, Mo, what's your takeaway? What was Josh Jacobs getting at with that postgame statement?
3: I for one, I think it was an emotional response. You gotta mm-hmm, understand mm-hmm. they just lost a tough game on Christmas Eve. He's playing, he's played through injuries this year. I think that was just frustration boiling over. I don't think he was specifically had one person in mind. Like this bum over here is not putting his all in the practice. And I'm mad at him. I think it was just more of a, I'm frustrated that we're not getting the results that we should be seeing with the work that we put in now to look forward. I think it will play into his decision. I said this, before I got sick, I said, let's be careful about just saying, oh, we, we can throw money at Josh Jacobs and he'll be back. Don't take these players' options for granted. These players, right. especially when you're at the top of your career, Josh Jacobs is having a career year, he's going to have options. Oh, yeah. And if he feels like the, this Raiders team isn't going to win a lot of games at the prime of his career, at the height of his career, he may want to go elsewhere. And I get it from a, a fan perspective, as always, you know, Raider, Raider for life and all of this stuff. I'm gonna be thick and thin. I'm gonna go through it, whether it's bad or good. These players have short career spans, especially at the running back position. You have to strike while you're hot. So I think we have to weigh in. What is he what is he seeing this Raiders team versus what is? His, what are his other options gonna be and what are other teams gonna offer him? Because I don't think it's a slam dunk that even if the Raiders want him back, I don't think it's a slam dunk that he's gonna come back now that he's frustrated because he's seen a lot of losing seasons, a lot of mediocre seasons. With, with the Raiders in Oakland and now in Vegas.
1: Well, and Mo, you mentioned it yesterday, too, which is he, not only all the things you just said, but he may wait and see, okay, what's going to happen with this team? Who's going? Who's staying? Mm-hmm. Is there going to be a new quarterback? Is he loyal to Derek Carr? Does he want to play with Derek Carr? If he does, then maybe that hurts his chances if they say goodbye to Carr. If they keep Carr, then maybe it helps. If They don't keep Carr. Maybe it helps. We don't know where he stands on that and and who he's kind of pointing at there. But I think this is where you get to in a season, especially when you're into the last three weeks and you continue to lose games like the Raiders have and seeing frustration with all sorts of different angles here is that guys just finally start. They've been professional all year long. They've Mm -hmm. kept it in-house. But now as you're nearing the end of the journey that is a long NFL season, you start to see people share their frustrations.
3: Do you remember two years ago? This reminds me so much of when there was a locker room blow with Nelson Aguilar. Remember oh, yeah. there was a yeah. thing, and Nelson Aguilar had a, a long, you know, speech or diatribe after a bad, uh, a, I don't want to say a bad season, but a season where the Reds didn't live up to or play out to expectations. He felt. I feel like this is a similar situation. Not to say Josh Jacobs is going to leave like Nelson Aguilar did, but at the end of the season, to your point, you start to hear these frustrations come out publicly, and you wonder. What's going through a player's mind? Is he thinking, okay, I just had a great season, as Nelson Aguilar did in 2020. Mm -hmm. I just had a great season. Can I go somewhere else where they have a better chance of winning and capitalize on a good contract as well? So that's something to watch out for.
1: It is. We'll see how that all uh, pans out because, to me, it (laughs) – yeah, you don't know what's happening, and we don't know. And I'm not going to try to guess. Like, and I appreciate the the question, um, uh, Lawrence. But like, I'm not going to guess because that would be, to me, it would be inappropriate for me to right. guess because I don't know. Now, if we had reports out there that said this and I think you'll start to see those come out. By the way, we started the we started to see the whispers about Derek Carr's future come out a couple weeks ago. Last week in particular, right. those you can bank on. There's there's some smoke there. There's some fire. Um, as far as what Jacob said and what that says about the locker room. And if there's factions in the locker room, we don't know yet. Uh, and so we'll see. And, and we'll cover it. Obviously, if, if we have something be- between now and tomorrow's show on Thursday, we will do that, but certainly nothing yet. But Lawrence, great question. All right. We're going to take our second break. When we come back, it's all about the car wars. <sighs> of course, I saved all the car questions for the final segment. Yes. So if you don't want to hear about their car, because you think he walks on water or if because you hate Derek Carr and you want nothing to do with him, you might not want to listen to the third segment or you might want to listen to depending where you sit on the the fence, but we got some good questions. Um, Some emotion in these questions, but clearly some really good ones too that I think we'll be able to help you guys answer. You're listening to silver and black today an odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere. We coming right back.